brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You're in. Where's huddle with me, Bram, and with me, per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I'm fired up to announce that rejoining us after way too long, a noted author who currently has a Shea Serrano-endorsed Tyler Hero article on The Ringer, the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, a co-host on our newly created Bracket YouTube show, and a man who absolutely positively does not, does not host a podcast called the All You Can Heat, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? What's going on? Yeah, actually, people love the the All You Can Heat title. I'm not sure anybody really knows what it is. Uh, I'm going to be involved in some sort of promotion tomorrow because somebody thought it was All You Can Eat. <laughs> so, and I just, I just didn't tell them <laughs> because I'm getting free food. Yeah, I mean, I, for those out there who are amongst that confused crowd, I can tell you what it's not. It's not a podcast. The, the other podcast. thing, yeah, I mean, I think it's a website, I think. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm gun shy from the last time, dude. So It I, is a content you, platform on the internet. Boom. Content platform on the internet. Wes, good to see you, man. And you are the exact person we need. So preview show today, you know, nothing uh, brand new there. But what you have always offered us is not just a non-home review of the Warriors, but informed one because you used to cover this team. So I can promise to be a homer today. You stay neutral, but be nice to dude. You know, like I'm, I'm a little fragile we'll heading into this year. So yeah, I, I mean, anything you can give us there, I'd appreciate it. I'll do my best. No promises <laughs> though. You bastard. Uh, Maxime, let's start with the glass half full. Wes, you know this one. We're just looking back on recent hoop and giving something we like and don't. I'll start off. Here's something I like. CP3 flopping. Something I thought I'd never say. All right, so rewind the clock, Wes. We're going to go back to the Sacramento game, a game that the Warriors won, and like the best fucking preseason game I've ever watched. But it looked done. The Warriors were in the fourth quarter. There's like four minutes left, something like that, and they're down almost double digits. So they need to score, and they need to score without having any time come off the clock. And on three straight possessions, CP3 got the ball and hunted a foul immediately. Ran into somebody, took the fall, and fell down. The exact activity, boys, I have hated my entire sports life. A thing that I have screamed at the television, you know? And that happens, and De'Aaron Fox does what I have always done. Screams at CP3 and does this, like, flopping motion. And here's the thing I like. I found myself saying, fuck you, De'Aaron Fox. You shouldn't have fouled him. Too bad for you. So, like, I've, I've completely flipped over. I'm now a CP3 flopping fan. Um, and I'll add another thing I really liked, uh, trace Jackson Davis being so aggressively competent. I'm going to go and say something that both hurts me, but I do believe he's already better than James Wiseman. The trace Jackson Davis knows exactly what they need from him. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's not trying to be a starter. He's not trying to be an all-star. He's not trying to show the world that he has this unlimited potential. 
He's just going out and making the easy play and using his body. It's exactly what we need. So another thing I like. What do you boys got? I got can I piggyback on that? Because I I had the same exact observation. What he's trying to he just be Kevon Looney. You know what I mean? Like you said, he's not trying to be an all-star. He's not trying to show off anything. It's just just be Kevon Looney. The Warriors have a type of center that works for them, right? Yeah. And right. so they they tried to branch out of that with James Wiseman. James Wiseman, we knew, and this wasn't like news when he got to the NBA. It wasn't shocking at all. He was, you know, the number one prospect in high school, this huge recruit going to Memphis, this big guy coming out, and he's just not their type, right? And they tried to fit him into what it is that they do. They got over that experiment eventually, um, probably a little bit too late, but they've got Kevon Looney, who's awesome yeah. for them. They've got a type. But even before Wiseman, like they had the, the Andrew Bogats and, the, and those kinds of guys. That that just worked for within their structure and and everything like that. So I'm with you on that. Um, the other guy that I want to shout out here is, and I know Jonathan Kaminga has gotten most of the praise of the yeah. young guys during this preseason, but I don't want to sleep on Moses Moody. If I'm looking glass half full, I love what he did for the Warriors in the preseason. And yeah, the main thing yeah. that 55% from three point shooting range, 12 of 22, right? So 54.5%. Um, that's going to be huge. He was a team uh, team best plus 36 in the preseason for whatever that's worth in preseason minutes. But if he's just making those threes as part of that second unit that we all assume is going to be Chris Paul running pick and roll with somebody, maybe Jonathan Kaminga as sort of the screen and roller guy. If, Mo if Moody is just like hanging out beyond the arc and just draining open threes, that's everything. That's that's the identity of that second unit. I love what we've seen from him. No, I totally agree with that. Maxine, what do you got? It, you know, I... I loved a couple of things. I loved speaking of Chris Paul. I loved seeing just pure pick and roll. I feel like so much and so often throughout the past few years, people, you know, people were like clamoring for the KD Steph Curry pick and roll. And then we never got it. And it started to be like, well, maybe Steve Curry just doesn't believe in that. And then here we are, Dario Saric, Chris Paul over and friggin' over again. Um, which just felt really good because we know that we want a different look in the second unit. We know that Chris Paul is gonna be able to organize these kids. A little bit better and it's just it's it's more organized basketball that that really got me excited especially when it leads to us having this fourth quarter comeback and then steve kerr is trusting chris paul to inbound on the last play so already it's just like oh this is the difference between having somebody that our coach doesn't trust and jordan Poole versus somebody that he does trust which is very exciting i'll cross that over another thing i don't like and it comes courtesy of a wizards game so we all saw the jordan Poole went for 41 and we all you know got a little upset that he left and then that second game he went one for 15 and that was the game i was watching and there was a play where jordan Poole went to the rack seemingly got fouled foul doesn't get called ball doesn't go in and the cameras catch for half a second with him on the ground and he gives that petulant ass look to the ref like how could you allow this to happen to me so another thing boys i like petulant jp looks out of my life I don't have to do any of that anymore. It was so good having him gone. And I'll give you one thing I don't like. Wait, I don't like giving up. Are you are you moving off of Jordan Poole? Uh, yes, but okay, go can ahead. I give you no. one advanced Jordan Poole stat? <laughs> Is it falls per game? I'd say 18,000. <laughs> Six of 13 in his first game against a not real NBA team. I don't, it says CNS here in the game log. I don't know who that is. Um, in his first real preseason game against the real NBA team against Charlotte, two for 13. Uh, okay, two for 13 against the Knicks in that 41-point game, 10 of 19, and then against the Raptors on the on the last one, one of 15. So if you take away, this is just advanced stats, but if you take away that Knicks game, he is three of 28. Is that good? 
No. What you don't know is that I just literally yesterday drafted him to my fantasy team. So, I mean, actually, you do know that since you were in the league, and I wish you had given me those stats about 12 hours ago. It is what it is. Something I don't like, Wes's stupid advanced stats on Jordan Poole being given to me after my fantasy draft. So, F-U-S. Another thing I don't like, giving up 10,000 points to San Antonio in that last preseason game. Uh, I mean, it was a carousel at the rim. And I mean, that's fine. Preseason game means nothing. But it did stick out. And another thing I didn't like, I didn't like how I felt trying to watch the Warriors attempt to score on Victor Wembanyama. Uh, I, I felt like we were all Wiggins out there. Wiggins eight. He wore like four shots as a hat because Wembanyama uh, kept rejecting him. And by the end of that game, when Victor was in the game, I, I felt so stifled and I wasn't even in there watching the Warriors go in and, and proactively change all of their shots was just a slight view into who the hell this guy is. I think if he had no offensive game, just zero, he'd still be the number one pick. Um, and so yeah, something I didn't like was that San Antonio game and the feeling I had on both sides of the floor. He's plus 1200 right now for defensive player of the year. And I looked at that uh, last week that hasn't moved. I looked at that last week and I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, this is just the Wemby hype. Vegas is trying to just get some easy money in here, but everybody knows there's no chance he's going to win it. I would still be very surprised if he won it, but the odds don't look nearly as I'm like, yo, this guy might already be one of the best five defenders in the game right now. As it went on. So like in the beginning, we knew nothing about him. Wiggins pulls up for three and Victor's in the paint and he blocks it. And then we, we fast forward about 20 seconds, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe about 60 seconds, and Wiggins tries again, this time, you know, aware of what he's capable of. Wears that one like a hat. Fast forward, uh, you know, another three quarters, and now even the shot that JK made against him was this ridiculous looping rainbow shot that nobody would ever take, you know, and so his impact on this game, man, he's, he's fucking human evolution. Like yeah, it's, And people it's, are just like – looking for him all the time like even when wiggins after that first block shot he's just sort of like looking over his shoulder as he's walking like kind of going around the court he's like where is this dude you know (laughs) and and so like you said like kamingo was able to score but that's what it's going to take how many times does kamingo make that shot of 100 one you know what i mean like so it it, it's going to be crazy what this guy does not even from the block standpoint but just from the where is this guy standpoint and it's just sort of ruining everybody's rhythm I half expect that Wiggins tried to get in the car after the game and Victor closed the door right before he got in. <laughs> which is like, ah, and then just like slowly walked away and didn't say anything. Yeah, he's just like on the the, the 408 or wherever he goes. Yeah. I don't know. Just like just like kind of like looking out the back of the door. He's like, is he still is here? here? Is, he still, yeah. is he still here? And it actually the, the scene ends with Victor slowly coming out of the backseat because he is still there and will be terrifying Andrew Wiggins from here on out, boys. We've got a whole bunch of prediction questions. They're all coming courtesy of our golden questions. Wes, our mailbag. They always deal with the Warriors. Sometimes it gets personal. This one does both. And here's the first, all right? So the question is, will the Warriors be better on the road this year? So it seems like a very important one. It's the one thing that just chased us all year last year. Some quick stats for you. Warriors were 11-30 and last year on the road. They lost their first 10 on the road. And we're 33 and eight at home this year. Seven of the first 10 are on the road. So we are starting out there. What do you think, man? From what you've seen, will we be better when we uh, go to opposing teams' arenas? It was really hard. The Warriors are a good team, right? And it's really hard for a good team to be that bad on the road. It was 
weird. And I remember that like being a, a line of questioning to Steve Kerr after basically every road loss. We're like, why are you so bad on the road? And Steve Kerr eventually just went, I don't know. I'm so I just don't know. I have no freaking clue. And so uh, I think it's just normal regression back to the, the mean where they're going to just be better on the road. But I'll counter that by saying there's no way they're going to be that good at home. Like, I thought that was also uh, just an anomaly last year as well. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're that good, you know? And so I think they'll be a little bit worse at home, and I think they'll be better on the road, and so some they'll fall somewhere in the middle of that. Maxime, did you experience his take on the home wins as kind of an FU? I mean, all he had to do is tell us, like, yes. yeah, you know, they're going to be better on the road. He didn't have to add the whole, like, they'll be worse at home thing. I was just got I got so upset with that whole like the that whole storyline last year. It was like, well, if the Warriors were just nor five hundred at all, they would they would have won eighty six games this year, whatever it was. And it was just like you're just dismissing the part where they're being they're being like unrealistically awesome at home. And it was like it was just hey, props left out you. of that conversation. Props to you for us saying, did we think that was an asshole move? Yes. And then you just did it again. So, I mean, I, I really, I love that you lean into that. Um, I don't even like Chase Center, actually. I think they, they lost the home court okay, advantage okay, once they left the Oracle. Answer. I mean, you don't have to really punch us in the face, dude. Uh, I will say, uh, and I got a follow-up for you. In fact, answer it now. Over under 20.5 wins on the road. What do you take? Out of how many? They went 11 and 30 last year out of 41, right? Right. Uh, 20 and a half. Um, Basically, how many teams 500. won? Yeah, how many teams won 20 games on the road? That seems like a lot of. It's about 500 on the road. Yeah, but I don't feel like a lot of teams even win 20 games on the road. You I'm chase just... that down. I'll give my answer and then see where you're at. All right. Oh, my, uh, what I will say is yes. Will they be better? Why? We heard a thousand different ways from different people. They had locker room issues and locker room issues show themselves on the road. I think my favorite version of that was when Kerr said they didn't have uh, cohesive grit. And then we've also heard this year from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways that those locker room, or locker room issues are gone. My favorite version of that is GP2. He's been saying one band, one sound. So assuming that all of that is right, and I have no reason to think it's not, I do think we'll have a better year. Um, what kind of band and what kind of sound? Mm. It doesn't the same sound. Don't you worry about that. The championship band with championship sound. But before I give the over under answer, what's your research reveal, Wes? Were there a lot only of teams? two teams last year in the Western Conference won more than twenty games on the road? And so uh, it was they? the clip. The the Clippers were twenty one and twenty, and the the, the Sacramento Kings because why not? We're twenty five yeah. and sixteen on the road last year. Um, and the West is even harder this year than it was last year. Like it's gonna be really hard to go into Phoenix. It's gonna be really hard to go into either of those LA teams. It's going to be hard to go into Minnesota. It's always hard to go into Denver. It's going to be hard to go into Oklahoma City. Uh, if Zion is healthy, maybe maybe that's a difficult trip to go to New Orleans, especially for the Warriors. Where you basically have to go to an East Coast uh, or an Eastern Conference city in New Orleans. That's a long trip. There's just It's going to be tough. Um, and so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go under, just based on... I, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of teams in the West in general that are going to be able to go into these good teams' arenas and beat them. Um, so I'll go under. I'll go under on 20. But they're going to be better than, you know, yep. there's a lot of teams sort of in that 16 to 19 range. And that's probably where they'll end up, which is way better than they were last year. Maxime, you'll split the difference. Although the over and the way I'll justify it is when the Warriors were the Warriors, one of the ways they define that is what they do on the road. Um, and I think that this year is kind of the final tour. Um, and I think they'll want to really emphasize that last year was the uh, – was the outlier. So we got one and one. Maxime, what do you think? Over under. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. 
agreed. It's there's just too many good teams in the West. But I think the more important question that needs to be answered, um, the band is Steely Dan. Uh, I'm just gonna put that out there. Oh wow, how'd you know that? Well, Steely Dan is a collection of all-star talent, right? That actually sort of outperformed expectations. More often than not, you end up with a band that when you get together a bunch of people that are really good at their own instruments, you know, you need time to like cohesive, to become cohesive as an ensemble. What's your top three Steely Dan songs? No, whole shit. I'm, I am right now wrestling control back of the show and instead giving you an over under Wes, over under 0.5. How many members of the Warriors know who the fuck Steely Dan is? I take the under. Uh, just players. Yeah, just players. Okay, then zero. Yeah, no. Yeah, hard oh, under. Okay, we are going to our next question before we start talking about bluegrass again. And here it is, Jesus another Kirk, another. Uh, Holy shit! Absolutely, not even close. Important. I don't Steely Dan. Who the fuck knows, dude? I'm not a Steely oh Dan guy. God. The next giant issue, um, in addition to road games, obviously, is staff. Yeah. So the question is, will Steph Curry be first team all NBA this year? And so a little bit of a background. Last year, he was all NBA, but second team. First team, Luka, SGA, Giannis, Tatum, and Embiid. Second, Steph, Donovan, Jalen, Jimmy, Jokic. Um, So do you think he makes first team all NBA? And then related question, maybe more important, Wes, does Steph Curry need to be the best point guard in the NBA for the Warriors to have a shot at a title this year? Um, that second question to me is more interesting. Uh, the first, yeah, I think he is going to be first team all NBA. I, a lot of people, it was really Luca with his stats is going to be first team all NBA basically for the next half decade. He's just gonna, yep. um, SGA versus Steph was really tight last year from what I remember, right? Like that was a real, like, okay, now you're splitting hairs who are we voting for. I think SGA ended up getting the benefit of the doubt. He played more games, I believe. And then his point total was crazy. So I think that's why most people went with SGA. I would have had Steph on my first team ballot last year, whatever that's worth. Apparently yep. nothing. But um, so I, yeah, I, you could very easily. And I look, I think the Warriors are going to be better this year. It's going to be a little bit of a bounce back year for them in the regular season, um, which is what these awards are for. And so I think Steph will be up. And I love the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I think people are gassing them up so much now that I don't know that there's a way for them to surpass expectations. And it felt like last year was that kind of year for them to win a bunch of awards. Um, that's that said, SGA could be like in the MVP conversation right. if the Thunder right. end up winning something close to four, like, I don't know, 50 games, which just that just seems unrealistic to me. I, I like the Thunder. I'm not believing all the hype in terms of them being like a legit winning team right now. So I'll go, I'll go Steph uh, first team. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
does Steph Curry need to be the best point guard in the NBA for the Warriors to have a title shot? Yeah. Not only yes, he needs to be top 10 in the NBA and in all positions. I mean, the reasons why I, I consider the Warriors title contenders starts and ends with Steph Curry. Who's you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who's, who's, the second, who's the second best point guard in the NBA? I mean, I guess positions are hard guess to define now, right? Yeah, I mean, but does Kyrie take that point guard spot from him? You know, like how it, it's it's kind of positionless, which makes that question hard to define. You know, why don't we make it, does Steph Curry need to be a top five player in the NBA this season in order for the Warriors to have a real title shot? And I think the answer to that is a resounding yes. Well, yes and no. It, 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 and I don't mean to split hairs on it, but I think it is an important distinction in Steph Curry's case, not in the regular season. I need, you know, we need this team to get to the postseason for yeah. sure. And statistically, I mean, what is like the fall off if you're not in the top four seeds to win an NBA title? It's like bananas. Like two teams have done it in the past 30 years or something. So, yeah, probably we need to be in that top four, which means Steph needs to have a pretty decent um, regular season. But I think we are deep enough to be able to withstand some stretches where sure. Steph is sitting a little bit more often, right? It, it is the 16 game Steph that we really need. Yeah, I mean, the, if, to make them a title contender, right? So, yeah, yes. I mean, and, and you're right. That That is an important distinction. Um, with I that think in I'm mind, venturing into weird territory here because usually I'm the one that's sort of more skeptical than you guys. And I don't – is it just because he's older now that you guys – Oh, I have say, him very firmly as the third best player in the NBA right now. It's Jokic, be. it's Giannis, and it's Steph. Yes, he will be. There's no question at all. I, I am based – I'm setting up. This next question will be, do okay. we think he can do it? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Hook, line, and sinker. Gotcha. But – you know, we focus. This is the first time, Wes. We've been doing these prediction shows. Um, I don't know, last three weeks. I'm sure you're doing that. You know, on your side too. But I haven't asked any Steph questions because his excellence is kind of presumed, right? But it's got to be said. We need a historic year, another, another historic year from him. And do I think he's capable? Absolutely. I think we're right at the precipice of it. But it, you know, at least needs to be named. You know, we're gonna we're gonna need another one of those years where. It, in 20 years, we'll be looking back. Oh, remember that 2023 season? Um, and so I, I think he's capable of it, but I also think he needs to put it out there. Otherwise, you know, we're dead in the water. That's fair. Um, I don't know that he needs an historic season. I just think what he does on the court now is just, it's so unmatched by anybody else. I guess the closest thing now would be Damian Lillard in Milwaukee with Giannis. But like what, I just think that what Steph, I don't know that he needs to go out there and even average 30 points per game. I think there's just so much with Chris Paul there with Andrew Wiggins back for a full season, I think there'll be enough help. I just, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not really, I, they have one of the dudes. That's like the hardest part. My biggest concern for the Warriors is like, what's Draymond look like this year? What does Clay yeah. look like this year? Does Chris Paul, Chris Paul took a very huge step back last year. Is there another step like that coming for him this year? Or, um, was that Andrew Wiggins fake all-star year a little bit like a lightning in a bottle? Oh. Or, I mean, yeah, let's go. come on now. And then he, <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the anomaly or is that going to, or was last year the anomaly? You know what I mean? Like what, 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 what kind of Andrew Wiggins are we looking at this season? Let's, let's go to Wiggins, but it wasn't a fake all-star year that set him apart that year. It's what the hell he did in the finals. I mean, he, was the, he was the second best player in the finals. That wasn't voted on by the fans. That's something that he did. There's nothing fake about that. And in fact, leads right to our work. next question, Wes. So if, if, you know, the big issues, can they win on the road? We hope yes. Can Steph be Steph where he's already made magic normal? Yes. Next one for me is Wiggins. And can Wiggins return to that all-star form? All right. So what I have is over-unders based on those stats. So Wiggins in the 2022 finals averaged 18.3 points per game. Maxime, over-under during the season, 18 points per game for Wiggins. 
Oof. That's amazing. I forgot about that. That's that's fantastic. I know you said second best player, but like, damn. Um, I hope so. I think it's going to. Yes. Yes. I think over. And, and the reason I say over, right, it, it's it's also about him him being squarely in between the young generation and the old generation on this team. And we're going to need him to take on a bulk of minutes. Uh, Wes, take the next one and maybe the most important one. So Wiggins, throughout his career, didn't rebound, despite being an incredible athlete. It's something that drove Minnesota fans fucking crazy. In the finals in 2022, he averaged 8.8 rebounds. So over, under, on the season, eight rebounds for Wiggins. Over, under. It, it felt like in the finals, like half of those were offensive rebounds. Like my memory, other than yeah. like Steph putting the Celtics to sleep, was just my memory that sticks out about those finals is just Andrew Wiggins getting offensive rebounds and like those long ones, those Warriors rebounds. And you just be like, how did he get there? So um, the over-under was eight. Yep. For the season? Season. I'll go under for the regular season. I think it'll probably be closer to like probably seven. I don't think I'll go like a slight under on that. But then that they need him in the playoffs. And I actually, I love Andrew Wiggins as a playoff rebounder. I think that's when he really steps it up. Yeah, and, and that's what we hope for, um, just for a variety of opinion. One of the other things I didn't say I don't like um, early on, the Warriors lack of size. I kind of inferred it. That's going to continue in the regular season, and that'll actually help the over. You know, there's nobody out there to get mm. these rebounds. Um, and so I think we might see an over. The other number that stuck out, I think they call them stocks in fantasy basketball, steals plus blocks. He had three. He averaged three, 1.5 steals, 1.5 blocks. And every game... In the finals, which is bananas. I mean, the the impact he had is unbelievable. If the over under is 3.0 on stocks, I take the under hard under, yes. unfortunately enough. Um, but I do think that Wiggins is key to this year, and I think he's gonna have a pretty big year. At least I'm I've convinced myself he's going to. As long as like, he doesn't have to hit the like the 18 points, the the eight rebounds, like those are I mean, then he will be an all-star again if that happens. Uh <laughs> he also Maybe he should just play center. I don't know. Like those are center numbers, but um, yeah, I think he'll, I think he will be a lot better than he was last year. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Here's our personal question. So Wes, all right, you're at a dinner table. Let's say six, seven people are, you know, we're all sitting there talking, having a good time. There's a, there's a lull. You've been holding back a story you've been wanting to tell. Fire off, you know, and start telling the story. You feel like it's going well, but you start losing people's attention. You know, at first, six people are listening, five, four, three. As you lose attention, what's your move? Do you keep telling the story? Fuck them. Just, you know, go through it and, and power through. Or do you slowly peter out and just stop talking and allow somebody else to pick up the slack? What's your personality type? Uh, so this happens to me a lot. So I've got a lot of practice here. And um, I tend to just sort of yada, 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 get to the end and then just move it along and then excuse myself, go to the bathroom and weep. <laughs> and then come back and just collect myself and come back and and then you just order shots for the table and everybody loves you again. That is so much more healthy than me. So I'll stop and then sit there hella petulantly, hoping somebody will bring the thing back up. Like, oh, Bram, what were you talking about? And if they don't ask me that, I will sit there silent for the rest of the time. I've done that at dinners with my wife, and she like and she knows what's happening, and she'll purposely just sit there. Like, if you want to be a baby about this, fine. It will have a completely quiet meal. I have pulled the move off where you were like halfway through and you realize this isn't going where you, how you want it to go or anywhere close to it. And then you just throw it to somebody yeah, else. Well, like, yeah. wait, didn't something like this happen yeah. to you? The, What'd the, you the, do? The, What'd you say at then, that time? Yeah. yeah. And then you're, and then you're out. Yeah. Or like I've, I've faked a phone call. I've had bad appearances on this show 
where I've faked equipment problems and hung up. So like, like I am not, don't think for a second, I'm above any of that. What do you think Maxime's move is, Wes? So in same circumstance, he's going through it. What's Maxime do? Maxime, I think um, you might just shut it down. I think you might just shut it down. Like politely, like very yeah. nicely, you know, like almost I see you, Maxime, if another topic pops up during it, you know, like if there's like a side conversation, you start asking them follow ups, just super nice about it. You know, like halfway through the story, like, oh, what'd you say you did last weekend? And then off you go. What's the real? That's that's probably correct. But the whole time I'm like getting more and more red in the face because I'm like truly embarrassed that my shit wasn't that interesting. But can I flip it? Because I have been the last person still paying attention to what is the sh like there's a reason that people are dropping off in most of these scenarios which is this is a lame ass story this guy's been talking for a half hour straight and everybody's done with it and yet somehow i'm the one that's still engaging with this dude and being one-on-one right. -on -one at the end like you don't have an out you're just stuck with it no you start asking questions and just exactly. to pretend, like to feign interest because oh. you feel bad for this person <laughs> that's exactly right what i do is fake laughter and hope it's a funny story like i'm just like <laughs> way over the top like they give me like something that might be a joke i'm like ah! Like you're the best storyteller just to hopefully make that person feel good. <laughs> so my, my dad will do this thing when he is in con. He might, he, he's a frequenter of bars, uh, as am I. And he will do this thing where somebody starts talking with him. And the moment he loses interest, like in a one-on-one, -on -one, like at a, like an intimate, like you're at a bar, you're sitting right next, like a foot away from this person. And he'll just turn around. No. And it's crazy. Cause you're not like, he doesn't turn around and walk away. He's still in his seat a foot away from this person at the bar. He'll just turn around. And I'm like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And you know what? People love him. They, they now all because then that that other person just internalizes like, what did I say to offend this guy? And then I'm trying to win back this person. Like, that's just how it reacts. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the most baller thing ever. That is so savage. I respect the <laughs> hell out of that. And this is like only, only lightly connected. And I'm not sure even why I'm throwing this in there. Maybe we'll cut it. But uh, a story about a savage person I saw this weekend. We were I was out in Tahoe, getting in a car, and right before we pulled away, I saw a mother and a daughter. The mother uh, had recently bought the daughter a burrito, it looked like. And the mother asked for a bite. The kid is a little bit upset about doing a effort, hands it over. Uh, mother takes it, drops it immediately on the ground, then picks it up and hands it back to the kid. Like, ah, you know what? I don't want to bite anymore. And it was the most sad. Like, she didn't say anything about it. Wasn't like, ooh, like, sorry about it. I dropped it. But meanwhile, by the way, the daughter was about 25 years old. So, like, it wasn't like a little kid. <laughs> and then we, as we pulled out, I felt like reaching out the window and be like, you, ma'am, are savage. Like, F her and her burrito. Nicely done. So, there is my random ass burrito story for you. Back Keep to Warriors, boys. Um, all right, last big player we haven't talked about, Draymond Green, okay? And obviously his impact, if we're going to feel it, is on the defensive end. So it's a very similar question, Wes, to what I asked you about Steph. The, the lead-in is, will Draymond be first-team all-defense because he was second-team last year? But the real question is, does Draymond need to be, you know what, one of the top five defensive players of the, uh, in the league this year in order for the Warriors to have a chance? They'll probably be second-team again. Um, and, um, and I mostly think that's going to be because of a, that'll be a games played thing. Like you'll probably play like 15 to 20 games fewer than the guys on the first team. Um, and it does need to be one of the five best in the playoffs. And he usually yeah. is. Yeah. 
finish this out here, man. Um, Warriors wins. What's your guess? To give you to inform it, Vegas has them at 48.5 is the over-under. Yeah, I've seen we this, did this before. That's right. We did this. We had you, and you told me those four wins were impossible. So now we're on the other side. They've got the team. You you gave me under before. Okay. What do you give me now? Impossible. Impossible. I think that's exactly <laughs> what you said, which I thought was weird because it's not impossible. I got him. I got him. I, I still have him going under. I still have him going under. So our last chance at it, Maxime. What's your answer? Over under forty eight point five. Yeah, under. It's the it's just too packed. Every every single team seems that they're like forty six to forty eight wins. Like we can't all be doing that. Um, Unless and, it's loaded. And again, yeah, it's it's the sixteen game versus eighty two game thing, right? So long as we're getting into the playoffs, ideally with a top four seed, I'm not too concerned. Can I ask a question that's I think related to all of this that's been swirling around my mind this whole time? Which is, is this the smartest team? that Steph Curry has been surrounded by. And I don't, I like forget injuries, forget age, just in terms of overall basketball intelligence for how Steph Curry likes to play basketball. Is this the smartest team that's ever been assembled around him? So, you know, we got to think at, I think it's a great question. I think we got to look at who got added. So CP3, right? Incredible basketball IQ, but then also who got subtracted from prior teams, Andre and Sean Livingston. Um, and so he had some real, hoop IQ around him. So I'd say this is up there. You know, I'd say it's like it's it's in the conversation. It'd be a good bracket. Uh, but I don't I don't know if it just runs away with the most intelligent team. Well they don't know who Steely Dan is. So. <laughs> well who does, dude? So I mean that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> Bluegrass uh, legend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's up there. I love I love the addition of Chris Paul on this team. It's a huge upgrade from Jordan Poole to Chris Paul in terms of basketball IQ. And that's not even really a diss on Jordan Poole. That's more of just like Chris Paul. Um, but uh no, it's not as smart as the the Livingston, um, uh, Andre Godala, Andrew Bogut. I mean, even guy even guy having a guy like um, you know, Barbosa early in his career too. I mean, these are like all timer like basketball IQ guys who like literally went on to work in their front office and a lot of you know, respect. So that's probably that group. And then Kevin Durant, I also Kevin Durant. Genius. Yeah. yeah. You know, top five in basketball IQ in the league for the last 10 years. So, uh, no, I don't think it even comes close to those teams. I will add and talk about Barry in the lead. Quick shout out to Andre Iguodala, who announced his retirement this year. Um, and so, I mean, for various, you know, his moxie, his intelligence, his tenacity, his skill set, everything he added to this team. You know, cannot be thanked enough. But I think the thing that really needs to be underlined is his sacrifice. He was the first dude who came in and said, I'm here to win. I will be sixth man. I'll be 10th man. I'll be third man. Whatever you want me to do. And him setting that tone is the reason we have this dynasty. So shout out to Andre. We appreciate you. And we know this would not exist without you. Uh, riding on that high, I'll still take the over. F both of you. I go 49 wins. Last question, Wes. Who is in your finals, and who do you predict as the 2024 NBA champion? Two things. Uh, final standings in the West are going to be in order. Denver is the one seed. Phoenix is the two seed. Minnesota is your three seed. Hmm. I think all three of those teams win 50 games. I don't think anybody else in the conference does. So that's my prediction that I'm going to leave you with. Um, I know you didn't ask for that, but here it is. I like it. The also, one, fire. one thing on the uh, Andre Iguodala, Miami Heat legend, Andre Iguodala, just wanted to throw that in there. Also, uh, in terms of the finals <laughs> prediction. 
Um, the finals prediction. I've I see everybody loving this Boston team and putting them in the finals. And I would you consider them the favorites in the East at this point? I like that Drew Holiday thing. The only thing that prevents me from doing that is Porzingis's health. You know, if like because it's just a matter of time before he goes. I had a question I was gonna ask you who plays the most minutes? Mm-hmm. KD, Porzingis, or Kawhi? Oh jeez. Wow. Uh, they need all three of those dudes. Shoot. I'll say I'll just say Kevin Durant and I don't feel great about it. I got Kawhi at the bottom. Kawhi's got no yeah. shot. For me, it's between KP and, and KD. Yeah. Um AD, AD, not KD, AD, Anthony Davis. Oh. I mean, same thing we can put in KD in that list too. I mean, it's it's all it's all the same thing. I don't know. It's uh the under. I'm gonna hit the under on that total, no matter what it is. Oh, exactly right. But I, I stopped your thinking. So if it's not Boston, yeah, who do you have in the finals? I, I just don't see how anybody has an, an answer for m- what Milwaukee has with Damian Lillard and Giannis. And I think we get, you know, NBA nerds, we get like so sucked into like, what's your top six? What's your top seven? Oh, how balanced are you? And like, yeah, the Celtics are balanced. They don't have any real weaknesses. But I don't know that they have any great strengths either. You hmm. know what I mean? Like, to, for me, I would rather have that unanswerable strength than like the absence of weaknesses every single time. Look no further than the Denver Nuggets who just won the championship. Sure. They weren't an elite defense. They were like 12th in defensive rating at the end of the year. But they had something that was so unanswerable in Nikola Jokic that just didn't matter that that other team didn't have any pro- have any weaknesses because they didn't have anything that could beat Denver's greatest strength. And to me in the East, there is no greater strength than the pick and roll between Damian Lillard and Giannis. It's unstoppable. And I don't see how Boston stops it. So I've got Milwaukee pretty firmly in the finals coming out of the East. I And I... I and a little, again, I just question why everybody's just, oh, Celtics with Drew Holiday are now the favorites in the East. I got Milwaukee, um, who traded Drew Holiday for the guy that they got. So, whatever. Give me um, the other side. Uh, I'm going to go Denver. Just because? Because they are the same team, essentially. Bruce it's Brown. Same thing I just said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are worried about losing Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, and those are big losses, but it, they still have the best starting five in the NBA from last year. It's still the same starting five. Um, I think Christian Brown's going to make a leap and I think there's going to be enough. And, you know, they've got some guys, you know, like they, they got one of the holiday brothers coming off the bench. They've got Deandre Jordan, like there's vets there. They're, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and, but really it just comes back to, they've got that one thing that nobody has an answer for. And that's Nikola Jokic. And in the playoffs, I, I, I didn't see anybody that could stop him. I will say the one thing that I am worried about if I'm a Nuggets fan is playing the Warriors in the playoffs. Cause the Steph Curry high screen and roll game, like that's the thing that could kill him. But then offensively, like there's nobody that can on the Warriors that's going to stop what Jokic is doing on the offensive end because there's nobody in the league that's stopping them from doing that. So I've got long, long way to answer your question, but I got Nuggets and Bucks, and I think I would pick. I don't know. I don't want to pick. A, I don't want to pick a winner. I won't make you um, because I'm sure that we will revisit this a thousand times. What a fun season, boys. You know, I mean, there's just so many open questions. There's so many cool storylines and everything going forward. Um, and with that in mind, feels like a good time to announce. In fact, we have a brand new show coming to a YouTube page uh, near you. Well, I will give you a little bit more details as we go forward here. Let's go. But I'm proud to announce that we will be working with Wes, and it's going to be featuring a Aston a video, and even more brackets. So like I said, more details to follow, but we couldn't be more proud of that. Wes, for people who need way more Wes Goldberg in their life, where do they go? Um, Check out 
Um, the podcast, Locked On Heat. You can find my story on Tyler Hero over up at The Ringer right now. And follow along on Twitter, Instagram, WC Goldberg. I'm getting off of X. I'm getting off of Twitter. I'm not really. I'm trying to use it less. I want to use other social media platforms more. So give me a follow on Instagram at WC Goldberg. Also, just want to say, best Steely Dan song is Deacon Blues. Without wow. Him. Who? Is that a person? You bastards. Uh, for us... You want to listen? We did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot us an email too. Yeah, any major dude will tell you that's huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. I can only imagine that. What Are we going to have a whole bunch of song references here? You know what? I'm, just, I'm not throwing it back to Maxime at all. You can find us on Twitter again. and a bunch of other <laughs> sites. In fact, our new website is fsteelydan.com. Enjoy. And with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good.